on this episode. This is my biggest episode to date. It's my 50th. That's right. I finally hit 50. And I told you, I was a man of my word that I was going to bring someone special onto my show. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm excited. Excited. I can't contain myself. I'm going to bring onto the show the one, the only, the incomparable, the spirit master himself. Let's welcome to the show, Andre Segura. How you doing there, Andre? Andre, you there? I am doing great. Hello, everybody. What's good, Spirit Squad? Hey, oh, I'm still go. here. Can you? Hey, hear me? Yeah, I hear you perfectly, my man. Hmm? I can hear you perfectly. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. I was gonna say, yeah, no, I'm here. Good morning, Spirit Squad. How is everybody doing on this happy Monday? Uh, I'm I, I'm happy. I'm jovial. I'm giddy. It's a little overcast over here in Jersey. How's everything up in uh, Upper State New York? Um, actually, about the same. It's low sixties, mostly cloudy, but. After the heat wave we've had, I'll take it. Amen. Amen. It's actually been a, uh, last week was an absolute brutal week. I couldn't wait for the weekend to get here because I needed to eat some ice cream and, and have some shaved ice. But, you know, I'm a big yeah. guy. So what can I say? I like very fattening, desserty type of things in the heat. Now, uh, Andre, you know what? Uh, I am I, uh, not much better about that. <laughs> well, let me just say, I, I want to thank you for coming on my show. Uh, I know, you know, you probably get tons of requests that go on other people's shows, uh, but I thought it was a moral imperative uh, as two spirit content makers to come together uh, and unite the spirit community out there because of modern's not in a good place pioneers in a good great place and uh i i, I want to you know make sure the spirit community uh feels uh reinvigorated after this uh episode so we can keep on going out there and kicking ass so uh let me ask you real quick uh andre yeah definitely uh what made you get into playing magic the gathering so I've always been really into gaming and, I guess, nerd-adjacent stuff. Um, when I was coming up, my father even played Dungeons & Dragons way back in the day. Oh, like, wow. he still has a first edition complete set of, you know, first ed D&D books. Um, when he was looking for all of his stuff to be complete in mint condition, I ended up having to go all the way down to... Oh, God, where did I finally... Um, look for a copy i think it was kansas city when i got the phone call that somebody else had finally found a copy of dds and demigods for me so like the the travels trying to find a lot of stuff for him was, was pretty sweet and that was kind of the um gaming culture i was invested in my whole life like i was taught to play chess pretty early and right around high school i learned the rules to magic and you know some of my play my friends played like hyper casually and i got in with them and then I didn't play Magic for a really long time because I was invested in other games, and I finally came to tournament Magic right, right before Shards of Alara ish. Okay, oh well, that's a, that's a, actually a good set. I personally came in at the end of the Urza block, right at the beginning of Mercadian Mask, and yeah, that was an awful block, god awful block. So, I mean, what other games are you into? I heard <laughs> yeah it was just me it was in a good time i actually spent over let's say 500 600 dollars on boxes yeah i got a really bad return on investment that's all i'll say about that yikes i'm sorry uh so what made um, you, what other other so, games are you into 
So this is going to be, um, I'll try to keep the list relatively short because Magic is probably like my 20th or so competitive game. Um, as far as games uh, I've played like on a really competitive level, like I played Pokemon, both video game and card game. Okay. Um, I used to be really into competitive chess and ended up getting to about a 1900 rating at my highest at one point, so which is, that means like you're... No, 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 no. Um, Nineteen hundred was only rated an expert in chess. A okay. master would be right around like twenty-one to twenty-two hundred, okay. and then you get to like international master and then grandmaster after that. And I never got anywhere near that high. Okay. Um, so like, but that was fun. Like we got to travel for tournaments and stuff. And oh my god, that was that was a time to be alive. Um, after that, I got into a few different card games, the best of which for me ended up being uh, WWE Raw Deal, which was just a whole card game dedicated to, you know, professional wrestling. Mm. And actually, being from Jersey, I assume you probably know a lot of people who played that game because uh, what was the store called? Dark Tower in Jersey mm-hmm. had a lot of people who played there, including a former world champion. Wow. Okay. The, um, I, I've never heard of the game. I mean, uh, actually, the wife and oh, I are in, actually in development of creating a wrestling game uh, right now, but no, this is the first time I've ever heard okay. of WWE Raw. I'm actually, like, curious now. You, you, you piqued my interest. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. The idea of the game itself was that you had a character that you played as and you did your deck construction around that character. Mm. And for your constructed deck, it had to be exactly 60 cards. And the way that you won games was actually by milling your opponent. And when you did damage with your moves, the number of damage that you did was calculated by number of cards you would mill. So if I hit you with a super kick that does five damage, you oh. mill the top five cards of your deck, and whoever decks first loses. That's a brilliant idea. Like mine's far different. I, I think I like their version better. <laughs> <laughs> um, the game ended up being really broken, but it was very fun. Okay. Well, you know what they. You, I hate to say where pe- people are fans of, they're going to always make games. Unfor- you know, I, have to, I hate to say it this way. Unfortunately, we're going to end up seeing that with the uh, blend of, uh, I guess, Lord of the Rings and uh, uh, what uh, Warhammer 40,000 coming out soon. You know, we're going to start seeing that blend like the yeah. WWE uh, with their card game. I mean, maybe. But at the same time, like a card game that, is already a small blend of those two had already existed like 20 years ago too. I don't know if you've heard of what was it called? Legend of the five rings. It kind of played a lot like a mix between an RPG card game and basically Dungeons and Dragons. And it even incorporated the die rolling that you already see in regular Warhammer games. So like the mix of stuff was already there and it wasn't like cheesy, like, well, sorry guys, but it wasn't cheesy. Like adventures of the forgotten realms draft or anything is with all the die rolling. It was actually like a very well implemented system. It had a lot of combat and it felt like a good mix between tabletop Dungeons and Dragons and almost a game of magic. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The only type of board games I've ever honestly played uh, with my family was just mm-hmm. chess. And then, you know, of course, my friends got me into Dungeons and Dragons here and there. And I, I played, you know, a rogue yeah. and, and uh, you know, half uh, elf ranger, so on and so forth. But, you know, like for me personally, I in 1999, when I got into the game, uh, 
you know, more, what Mortal Kombat, what am I talking about? Magic the Gathering was my thing. You know, it was just, <laughs> it, I, I, like, I never seen a card game like that. I never seen any game. And the only way I explain it to people for the layman, and I hate to say it, it's like vinegar coming out of my mouth, and I feel bad saying this, uh, especially to Pokemon players, is it's the only, it's like Pokemon for adults, but it's chest on crack. It's like 45D chest that the current, the, the pieces constantly evolve, constantly change. And you have to change your way of thinking to make sure you get the victory. There's always in bridge, they call it different conventions. And that's what magic is. It's just, there's certain conventions, you know, knock your opponent down to 20, you mill them, you infect them, so on and so forth. You know, there's those automatic wins. There's certain victories to get there. You just got to, with the new pieces coming in and other piece, pieces disappearing, you got to find your way through. Right, right. And that's why a lot of people in the industry have called Magic, I guess, the world's most complex game, which is kind of ridiculous to think about in concept, but... If you take a game like chess, that is, I won't go so far as to say solved, but if you, I think mathematically somebody said that the first 10 moves in a game of chess, there are some 17 septillion possible combination wow. of moves that you can make with the pieces on the board okay. in the first 10 moves. But you'll see that there are programs like Deep Blue and stuff that can play chess better than the best grandmasters in the world right now. Hmm. Like that game is mathematically solved technically right. it's just that humans aren't quite good enough to actually realize all of those combinations of moves but computers are so that game right. is solved just not by us damn our brains but you'll see magic has not been solved yet mm -mm. I, I think it's that's just the... not a thing like the game cannot be solved that's why Arena and, keeps well i'm not passions. gonna say that because i could be wrong in the future but for right now magic is a completely unsolvable game and even though there are technically ais that have given computers the ability to play magic against us like say the arena tutorial things like chandelar way back in the day and even those like really crappy playstation 2 games and stuff that you know you could play against the computer in magic right those are nowhere near the level of just like your average fnm player right no and, that's true and it could be a very long time before magic is solved and if a game that is as old and complex as chess has been solved and magic hasn't that really does speak to the depth of how complex magic is and can be and i think that's personally fucking great it's, it's awesome well what i find funny is like in my personal play group you know i we we have a total of 12 guys but usually about let's say five or six guys show up and we actually play uh we don't even call it a format it's just like open whatever cards you can put together with vintage type rules where there's, you know, uh, restrictions and some bannings, you know, we'll do that. And it's a free for all. You'll okay. have popper against uh, pioneer, pioneer versus modern, modern versus legacy and extended. It, it, it's, oh yeah, it, it's stupid. And like, I have a friend of mine named Chuck. He's actually in the movie uh, clerks where he got his hand stuck in the Pringle can. Oh, uh, he he actually plays. A, oh, okay. <laughs> he actually has a deck, and it's called. It, he has actually two decks that are left-handed, and meaning that if you look at the illustrations, huh. the people in the illustration are just using their left hand. It, it you know, and he huh. built he builds these silly decks, and they win. 
you know like uh, our play group cool. is very unique and and just going with the rules like sometimes we we literally take maybe 15 20 minutes discussing the rule that could happen or should happen because the fact that we're playing cards from what nine since the beginning what 1993 1994 to modern day you know yeah that that's crazy that's insane so i mean if if we as humans still struggle playing cards from yesteryear to modern day you know what i mean it's i don't think a computer will ever figure figure this game out i don't think it's ever possible Right. Like, I mean, it could happen one day down the road. Like people who, you know, make all these programs are a hell of a lot smarter than I am. But <laughs> at least for now, it's not even close to being solved. And I I find that to be a lot of what's fun about this game, because, you know, um, even with the speed of the Internet, information is still not able to move fast enough for this game to be solved. And like. I'm sure you, you know, paid attention to how fast, like, modern moves. It's it's wild. Oh. Like, if you remember Kaldheim, and when, like, Tybalt's Trickery, the mm-hmm. deck was being played on the Thursday, and people were getting trophies with the deck, streaming with the deck, and by Friday afternoon, the deck was unplayable because the other Valky deck had come out already. Yep. Like, magic moves that fast, and it's still not solved by oh, computers. Oh, you're kidding wild. me? Look at mon- the release of Modern Horizons too. Modern Horizons 2 has oh changed modern forever. Every week there is a new winner. This I think the last uh, this past week, I believe Living End ended up becoming the modern challenge winner. I, I I'm like stupefied. Yeah, like How, like what? Last week it was uh what? The Elementals. The week before it was Hammer Time. The week before that it was uh Crashing Footfalls. It, it modern is wide open. It, it moved yeah, like the ability to keep up is, it's just out there and it's almost impossible for so many of the people who will play this format that it's, I find it really fun how fast it changes, but I also understand that like, you know, I don't have kids to raise or anything. So like keeping up with this format when you have kids or let's be honest, even like a dog is probably like completely unreasonable for so many people. Yeah. Well, th- well this is what I tell most people. If you're going to come into modern you you really need to be careful what deck you choose. You need to be specific. You know, you want to look at, you know, so, you know, if you're looking for the semi-broke, expect that some cards in there to be potentially banned or, you know, uh, people are going to come after that deck really hard. So just be aware that may not be your mm-hmm. best deck to use in modern. You know, you can go like us, we do tribal, you know, those are tend to be more fair, more friendly decks. And for the novice coming in, it's like, oh, this is pretty fun. I didn't know I could play with merfolk or humans or elementals. This is great. I like this. But, you know, for people coming in, it's like, yeah, you know, me personally, it's like, take your time, look at the format, see what's going on. Yes, we want to go with the the hot, new, sexy, new thing. Like, Like, we love all hot, new, sexy things, right? But sometimes it's better to pull back and say, mm, what's the safer bet? And then stick with that safer bet and continue building. Like our friend Nikachu MTG, uh, you know, he's a Merfolk master. Yeah. Merfolk hasn't been a solid archetype in how long? Until, you know, now, you know, with the additions sure. uh, with uh, Modern Horizons 2 coming out, you know, it's now starting to make that push. It's starting to actually be something. And as a personal, as a friend, to Nikachu, and as I like when I first started the game, I loved Merfolk. 
because I'm a Miami Dolphin fan. So I'm like, oh, okay, you yeah. know, Merfolk, Dolphins, cool. I like this tribe. But then, of course, you know, Drug School Captain and came out and he's my hero and I love Drug School Captain. So I'm sticking with that story. No, that makes a lot of sense, though, because, like, I mean, I actually played Merfolk way back in the day. Like, I played it at an Invitational back in, like, 2013 or 14, and I played Legacy Merfolk for a little bit. Like, the Ooh. deck was really fun, and it wasn't great, but it did a lot of things that I like doing. Exactly. It got to play the type of games that I like playing, and when I started to get into, like, hyper-competitive modern, like, okay, I couldn't play Merfolk anymore because the deck was honestly pretty bad. So I ended up being like, you know, your Grixis control slash Splinter Twin guy for a bit. And I went from there to playing like infinite different archetypes while I tried to fish around for a deck I finally liked. Right. And honestly, that's most of why I have so much deep modern knowledge. That's why I have so much format knowledge is because I've, I've played everything. Right. And then um, I've, I saw that Caleb Doward had one either it was a gp or a star city or something relatively large with bant spirits mm -hmm. and i was like oh i can get behind this like this deck is somewhat medium but it does all of the cool flash tribal stuff i already liked because i had already played merfolk i'd already played slivers god that was my first fnm deck it was really bad um <laughs> oh man so so yeah anybody who wants the history of dre so i ended up um playing a total of five tournaments. I actually looked this up on my Planeswalker Points page before that went away. Oh, wow. Um, I played a total of five tournaments from the time I played uh, Learn How to Play Magic right. up until I went to college around Mirrodin. And lucky me, I went to college right before Mirrodin came out, so I didn't have to put up with all that affinity shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Like, I was already out of Magic because I just wasn't playing. Right. Um, so, whew, on that one. Um, <laughs> but the deck I played, uh, it was standard legal too. So there was no Aether Vial or anything else to go with the slivers. It played like all of the random slivers that you saw in like legions and stuff. Right. So like not even the good ones. You didn't even get like crystalline sliver and friends. Um, and then I played four copies of either Vex or Hex. I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was two in a blue. You counter target spell and your, it's controller draws a card terrible awful. <laughs> that's awful that card is bad why would, um, you, why would you play that because i didn't know better cards existed <laughs> it was my first tournament so like you know and it, this is like 2002 as well so the right. internet hadn't like you know gotten really big there were what i think like the source maybe existed then and like forms were relegated to like pojo so like yes, there was no yes, there was no twitter to spread information facebook didn't exist yet hell myspace wasn't even a thing yet mm. so like how do you get information and the answer was for the most part you didn't unless you knew people and could literally call them on the phone or you had like an aol messenger group of friends who were already you know using your username to make chat rooms so that you could sometimes set up a what one megapixel at best webcam to play games like Ugh. you would on spell table now right <laughs> I hate to say the younger generation doesn't know the struggle of MTG in their early years. Do not really realize. Oh my struggle. god! Like you, the, the, it, the struggle it, was so real. Like, like if you're Gen Z, like you, you should be thanking God you're born in this era. Like, yeah, it sucks for you because you didn't have the ten dollar or the five dollar dual lands, you know, that are now like eight nine hundred dollars. But like, 
Oh, oh it's so much easier to communicate yeah, and look and investigate. Oh, like I love today's magic. Like it's so it's so nice. It's wonderful. But that, that, that leads me to my no, question. Today's magic is so crazy. Well, the, the yeah. actually, you, you know, you started going down the road, and, and it made me want to come ask you this question. What made you get into spirits specifically? All right. So, so spirits, like I said, it already plays the kind of magic that I enjoy playing. Right. Like, I've always been, like, you know, the blue guy in our circle. But I've also always been, like, the tribal guy in our circle. Like, I, you know, played Slivers as my first deck, and I tried to jam counterspells in that. I played Merfolk, and I jammed counterspells in that. Like, I played a bunch of these, like, blue tribal decks already that I would, I was already just trying to jam random counterspells in. So, you know, from 2002 forward, I've always been essentially trying to play spirits, mm. except the archetypes I was playing sucked because there were no spirits yet. Right. And so after I saw Caleb Doerr do well with that, he also happens to be like a person who I just like knew from random like Star City games tournaments and stuff anyway, like, you okay. know, just hung out with the guy anyway, um, nice. before he, you know, wisened up and realized that, oh crap, I'm making way more money online than I am by traveling. So F traveling, smart guy. Right. Um, <laughs> But I saw him do well with that, and I was like, all right, well, what's this deck look like? And, oh, I hate Coco, but otherwise, this deck does exactly the kind of stuff I like doing. Spell Queller is great. Rattle Chains is amazing. This is exactly the kind of magic I like. Right. Except Supreme Phantom wasn't, like, a thing yet. No, no, so I'm like, not. So I didn't, like, you know, snap by the deck or anything like that. I was still playing uh, Grixis Control at the time. Okay. And a few decks later, Supreme Phantom came out, and I'm like oh the what's light, this the flash bulb hit what's this <laughs> okay let's yeah and like five or six hundred dollars later i owned the whole deck <laughs> and i ended up um i technically had my magic online account already but like i wasn't playing that that often right but i definitely like bought the spirits deck on moto and i played a league and my very first league I played with Modern Spirits, it was like a Curious Obsession build, too. I, I played Curious Obsession and Kira in the same deck for some Ooh. stupid reason. Like, it was not good. But <laughs> but I was like, I don't care. I want to play this. This looks awesome. This is exactly the kind of magic I want to play. And I went 5-0, 10-0. And I got to, like, screenshot it and share it with the, um, the, the magic group on Facebook that's in Syracuse. Wow. And I was like, yo, guys, I think I found the deck I like. And go. everybody saw it and was like, that deck looks terrible. I'm like, I don't care. It does exactly what I want to do at all times. Like, Mausoleum Wanderer is exactly the kind of card I want to play. Spell Queller, are you kidding? That thing might as well have my name all over it. And anybody who knew me from when I was younger was, you know, would see the deck and be like, oh, my God, that's exactly the kind of shit you like. Mm -hmm. So here we are still playing the deck you see you 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 take after me it's like i mean i'll be honest with you, i love the interactivity of merfolk like not the interactivity let me like the synergy between merfolk but like i like you i was a tribal person and i loved merfolk and i loved clerics and clerics they tend to protect their own okay. you know like uh master apothecary you tap a cleric it protects it reduces damage by two you know that they would face so i'd put you know uh beloved chaplain which has protection of creatures and do so on and so forth and there was one enchantment i forget what it is it's three generic and one white where you get plus one plus one for every plane and a creature had flying 
So I'd put that on one of my. Oh, oh, uh, armor ascension. Yes, that's it. Is that it? Yes, it is. So I'd put armor ascension on okay. uh, on the beloved chaplain. Uh, and if people try to do anything to it before I did it, I was like, oh, I'll protect my thing. And I had uh, uh, protection from colors, too. So, you know, I would attack with it. I'd win the game. And everybody's like, how's a cleric flying in the air and beating me? It's like, that's what clerics do. And then when I saw spirits and mm-hmm. how they ended up protecting their own with hexproof, I was like, I'm in. This is my tribe. It's a mix between merfolk and clerics smushed together in this wonderful sandwich. I need it. I want it. And just like you, I fell in love with spirits. So let yeah, me... like the deck was clearly like super sweet. It was basically adjacent to what I had been trying to do for like 15 years prior. Mm. And I'm so glad they actually came out with them, obviously. Well, let me ask you. I mean, there... There, there is a segment like there's a, a little divide within the community and i don't understand why uh it should be a shared mutual agreement in, in certain ways like azorius and bant i mean i see azorius being good mm-hmm. in certain circumstances bant being better in others but you know i hate to say we've there's sides people are taking sides oh azorius is better and bant is better like first of all which which flavor do you prefer or enjoy playing and are you do you see what i see the 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 delineation between both azorius and band uh yeah yeah so first i'll i guess speak on why it's so different um a lot of people will you know choose either azorius or bant and the argument is usually that azorius is the much more stable deck while bant is the much more powerful deck and i actually do subscribe to that theory like bant is definitely a more powerful deck you can draw skull captain on turn two you can spell queller on two or skyclave whatever you need to do sometimes you get to coco on turn three mana dorks are ultra powerful and no one's arguing against that um with that said I have always preferred the stability of blue-white. Just Azorius is exactly the kind of thing I like doing. Also, I don't like cards that are coin flips. So, and anybody who's watched my streams can attest to the fact that I don't like Coco and Coco does not like me. Um, We we have a mutual hatred for one another, and I've accepted that. I'm okay with it. You don't do well with Coco for some reason. I don't know why. It is is bad. I am not good at winning die rolls or coin flips, and I've accepted that as just part of my life. Like, I I understand that, especially in Pioneer, like, Bant Spirits is by far the better build. Like, it's it's a lot more powerful. It plays at instant speed better. The the Empyrean Eagle on turn two is much less awkward than on turn three. Right. And I just cannot make the card collect the company succeed for me in any way, shape, or form. And I've just accepted that, and I've just played a bunch of other builds. Now, are you like th- this? Is how I this is how I also see it as well. I you know, especially in the current modern meta, I think there are times where the Azorius build shines. Uh, there's other times, like I'd say uh-huh. right now, where I think the Bant deck is a little bit better because the fact that like you said it's a little bit more powerful and the fact with the coco it vomits out creatures a lot more quicker so we can get underneath the opponent um are you are you in agreement with uh, my Mm -hmm. my way of thinking 
Um, yeah, actually. So I think Bant is the better suited deck for Modern right now, even with the increased number of Ren and Sixes running around the format. Um, and that's going to be true for two reasons. A, Coco is powerful enough to catch us up from scenarios where we're behind, which is going to happen fairly often. Like right now, the format is really powerful and keeping up with the format requires you to do some stupid, powerful stuff. Right. Um, like Hammer Time, stupid powerful. Right. Elementals, stupid powerful. Both blue-red decks are stupid powerful. Um, and like the Rhinos and the Living Ends of the World, again, just crazy powerful. So we need to be doing something either very stable or very busted to keep up with those things. And right now, well, let's be real, Spirits is neither extremely stable or extremely busted but you can do the most stable or the most busted things which is why a lot of people are either a just going with mana dorks and collected company with no aether vials to just get the most power you can out of your deck or playing decks like blue white and just jamming a crap ton of hate cards like chalice of the void and stuff into the deck and that's going to be where your super stability comes in well i'm going to step away from the normal questions i would ask real quick because i actually put out an episode yesterday uh, for just for my live audio podcast, uh, where I ended up creating a budgetary uh, spirit deck, and how for new beginners to learn how to play the deck, uh, or just learn how to play spirits, and an individual, uh, you know, reached out to me, and you know, and they, they wanted to know more about it, uh, and I was like, okay, not a problem. Here you go. This is my thoughts. I put it on a podcast. Not just for them. My wife even suggested doing this type of episode a while ago. But there was another person who came in yeah. and goes, you know, you're about two years too late. Spirits isn't a deck anymore. You're behind the times. Maybe you should consider something else. And I'm sitting here like, well, I understand where you're coming from. Spirits may not be in the most, uh, let's shall I say, in the best place right now in the current modern meta. But I'm not going to give up on it just because it's having a hard time. I, you know, this is the time for me as an individual, you know, hoping to be a master one day where I'm going to sit there and say, no, I'm pushing forward. You know, there's tons of cards in the, you know, in modern. I can, there has to be way for me to push forward. You have yourself, uh, Dr. Queller. You have Remph, uh, Raging Pikey. Uh, there's other individuals uh, that are out there playing modern and kicking ass with both Bant and Azorius. Both are still going 5-0s. Uh, I haven't seen anyone so far in the challenge. I think the top one, I think within the last month was eighth place. But it doesn't mean it's now time to give yeah, up because I think the like, new hot sexy decks are out there. It's time for us to yeah. to tr look what no. we have and you know adapt to the adapt to the format and start re-kicking ass. Yeah, for sure. Like, there's a lot of good ways for the deck to be able to adjust to the format. As a matter of fact, I'm actually um, in the middle of a league right now, okay. um, and I'm currently 2-0, so we'll see if we can get three more wins out of it. Um, should I watch? Because I know what I'm, I'm doing. Should I watch? Because I'm usually bad luck for you. Oh, no, no, no. I'm actually, I'm not streaming, because... Um, okay. <laughs> so, no, if... Um, no, unfortunately for the stream, at least for the next couple of weeks, I've switched to um, working overnight. So okay. while my sleep schedule is being readjusted, I'm kind of figuring out when slash how I'm going to be able to kind of continue streaming and stuff. Um, or if I'm just going to like move to YouTube only or whatever the deal is, I, I will right. figure it out once I figure out how sleeping is going to work. <laughs> well, keep me posted because so, I know my audience needs to know the more spirit content makers are out there, the better it is for our tribe. So 
you know, please let, let when sure. you find like, out, I mean, let us know. Yeah, like, oh yeah, no, I'm telling everybody, as soon as I figure out what I'm going to be doing with my schedule and stuff, like, yeah, I'm definitely going to be making sure everybody knows about it, because, like, we can certainly still do a lot of winning. Like, I just um, played a league, what, late last week? I didn't get the 5-0, but I got 4-1, and I, the, you know, I, I dropped my trophy to a game three to Elementals, right. um, but I beat everybody else, you know. I'm 2-0 right now, and these are all against, like, some really powerful decks. Like, I'm playing against stuff like Hammer Time. Uh, like I said, I lost that game 3 to Elementals, beating things like both Blue-Red Blitz and Blue-Red Tempo. Um, in the league I'm playing right now, I played against, what, the um, the Indomitable Creativity deck twice in a row, actually. Um, and I ended up winning a game 1 against that deck, in which they resolved Creativity into Emrakul. And I won that game. Like, Spirits has a lot of game and a lot of ability to keep up with what the format is doing. But right. you need to be willing to adjust and you need to, like, you know, uh, just keep up with the format. Because if you're not doing the most powerful thing, then you need to either develop a plan and make sure that plan works for you. Or have enough format knowledge to figure out how to play around what the format's doing if you're not willing to adjust and buy new cards. One of the two. Okay. But it's totally possible, and so I don't suggest anybody drop the deck if you're already playing no. it. Like, it's a good deck. I, I'm, you just I'm, need to... I'm telling people, please stay with the deck. I mean, yeah, we, we may be less than 1%. We're about, I think, 0.6% of the meta. We need to go back up. I mean, this deck is too damn good to, just, I mean, to true. keep on dropping. I mean, true, but honestly, even, like, I don't know, and I say this kind of a lot, too, like, Looking at the metagame shares, don't get me wrong, there are decks like Hammer Time that are 4-5% to of the meta and stuff like that, but at any point in time in Modern, there's always at least 50 decks that people are realistically playing in some non-zero number. Right. And if there's like 50 decks in a format, that means that to have it be completely even, every single one of those 50 decks would need to take up about 2% of the meta. Right. It's not embarrassing to be a little under 2%. That's okay. And even if we're under like 1%, like, I don't know, 0.8 or 0.9 or wherever we're sitting at right now, that's still fine if some other decks are at 4 and 5%. Like, sometimes the meta share will just work like that. But when the format is very top-heavy, like it kind of is right now, that actually makes it better for us because, you know, in Bant, you're just doing one powerful thing. So all you need to do is just adjust your creature base to what the format's doing. Amen. Okay, if you're playing against a bunch of permanents on a table, instead of playing, like, I don't know, a copy of Kira in a fourth, like, Bird of Paradise or whatever, you can put in, like, two Deputy Detentions on top of the fourth um, Skyclave Apparition you're playing. If you're playing as Blue-White Control and you're seeing a lot of Rhinos and stuff, okay, you've got, like, four to five Flex Spots. Play Chalice of Avoiding your main deck. Like, there's a lot of stuff that you can do to keep up with what the format is doing, and there's just no reason that this deck just can't continue winning. Like, remember when Uro was hands down the best deck in Modern? Right. But because Uro was the hands down the best deck in Modern, there were a lot of people out there that were just absolutely kicking the teeth out of them. Like, we, in the month of January, absolutely curb-stomped that deck. And... <laughs> Thanks to us curb stomping that deck, we curb stomped everything else too. Amen. So, and that was a great month for us. Over the entire month of January, in all relevant tournament magic, the spirit community had, this is not even an exaggeration. This is literally what happened. We had about an 81% yes. win rate. Yes, it was we did. absurd. Yes, it and was. Like, 
and it was the under most undervalued deck. Like right now, like the most under thought of deck right now for me is Eldrazi Tron. And we were like yeah. winning at that clip at 80%. And I'm like, why is nobody this picking this deck up? Why is absurd. nobody playing? Like, and I don't know if anybody remembers my videos from then too. I told people about this in the very beginning of January. Like when January came around, I'm like, yo, guys, this is not just me being a spirits main in like memeing. Like, don't get me wrong. Every now and then I will meme with the deck. <laughs> like I made like a whole budget video, kind of like your podcast did, right. where I'm like, you can literally rent this deck from card holders for $2 and still have like three Aether Vials in your deck. Like that was a thing that I did. Right. Like you can, you know, just mess around and play stuff like kataki in your board before it was like good like it is now um right. you can play stuff like multiple kiras to play around the jun deck but at the time i'm like guys this deck is legitimately fantastic right now and it's not just me having expertise with it it's really good people should pick this deck up because you'll see like i'm absolutely destroying these Uro decks people were like resolving uh omnath and getting up to like 35 and then dying because they can't do anything about what we're doing right please pick this deck up if you want to win and there were a lot of people who you know played during the month of january and just bodied people left and right because like you know um i even saw people playing cards like run afoul and stuff like that like what? just after the data dumps happened this wasn't until like okay. week four but like no yeah no 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 definitely not on like week one okay. but like i saw i saw an earl player playing against me and i'm just like all right whatever cool this should be like not a borderline buy but fairly easy for us right and my opponent played at run i'm like whoa that's okay yeah. that is a card i considered like for a pioneer board and i actually ran it for a little bit in uh simic but my, okay you're you're keeping up with reddit opponent i see you mm -hmm. and and yeah like just stuff like that has happened because of how good the deck was and the more top heavy the format gets the easier it is for a deck like ours to adjust right because there's enough good hate cards in white there's enough reactive cards in blue and there's enough good spirits that do things as catch-alls at the three mana spot that make it totally possible for us to adjust to whatever the format's doing and right. All we have to do is kind of put our noses to the ground and we can start winning, not necessarily at those rates again, but start winning quite a bit. Yeah. All right. Well, let me go back to the questions real quick. Let me ask you real quick. Um, what would you say uh, is your favorite uh, spirit? Rattle chains, hands down, not close. Why? Um, Not even close. So first, I... I absolutely love the ability to give my creatures hexproof, and that part is very good. But enabling your entire deck to have flash is just the biggest chef's kiss possible for me. Like, even if all of the cards were 2-2 vanilla flyers, I don't even know that I would mind as long as they had flash. Like, Mozzie and Wanderer could have almost no text. If it was just a 1-1 one, one flash flying, I would probably still try to play it. Um, it wouldn't be anywhere near as good, obviously. But I would at least try to play it. Like, I'm already not that sad about playing cards like Spectral Sailor. So when you get to do all of these things with upside, like draw Skull Captain, Flash, Protect Your Creatures, maybe Pump, you can do things like, you know... Um, playing 
Kira in response to a fetch land so that they can not use a removal spell that costs whatever they are trying to fetch for. You know, stuff like that. Like, doing all of this cool stuff at instant speed instead of having to do it at sorcery speed is such a big deal. Amen. And for anybody who watches me play Pioneer, not having that flash ability is a lot of why y'all see me talk shit about Empyrean Eagle so much. Like, the card is really good. I fucking hate it. Um, just just like Collect the Company. The card's really good, and I absolutely hate it. But Rattle Chains takes all of that out. You just get to play your deck at instant speed, so if you want to jam counter spells like Lofty Denial, you can do that. If you want to play your creatures that are normally not great because they're sorcery speed, like Drog Skull Captain, well, that's fixed. Right. And it just makes the game flow so much smoother for you when you don't necessarily have to follow the normal rules of the game. Things that break the rules of the game are inherently powerful for a reason. There's a reason that they don't make many cards that break the natural rules of the game. Right. Well, l let me ask you, because I did an episode on Rattle Chains, and I don't know if I asked you this question, but I put it out there to the spirit community, and I, I posted this. We have Drug School Captain, and we have uh, Supreme Phantom. Those are, those are our true lords. I asked the spirit yes. community, is Rattle Chains a pseudo-lord? What is your thoughts? Um, ooh, so... Because the fact that it gives Man, other spirits flash. Keyword, but it doesn't give plus one. It doesn't give flash. It, like, it gives it, everybody it, a it's keyword. It's keyword. That's it. Hmm. So it's a pseudo-lord. Yeah. Yeah, I can accept pseudo-lord. Because I think to be an actual lord, it's got to give the plus one. Like, even if you have, like, I don't know, like, a terrible tribe, like, illusions with lord of the unreal. That's still a lord. But if you only give a keyword, that is, that's, that's like lord adjacent. I can accept pseudo-lord. Okay. No, it's just because the fact that I have a friend of mine, he plays Minotaurs, and all his lords technically are keyword lords. But if you look at... Oh, so like the Menace 1, for example? Yes. And like the plus 1, plus 2, or whatever they are? See, but the thing is, is it in... So you know what? I have my deck right here. Let me bring, bring, bring out Rattle Chains, because I want to make sure that I read this correctly. See, I'm happy I brought my yeah. deck with me. You know I did something smart today. Look at me. I'm proud of me. Okay, because Rattle See, Chains... everybody who's watching right now, don't let him lie to you. He brings it everywhere. Don't tell my secret. <laughs> I, I, I actually do. You know, when when I'm bit, like, you know, when I'm done with work, I go to my local LGS and start playing. You know, no, but Rattle Chain says when you cast a spirit spell. As though they had flash. It doesn't give the keyword flash. It says as though they had flash. So that's the reason why I say it's more of a pseudo than an actual lord. I'm going to count that. that, that that's effectively the same thing. Okay. Like, Because right now, if it were printed today, that exact same sentence would literally just say, All spirit have creature spells you control have flash. Okay. Like, they just would have worded it differently if it was printed in 2021. So I can accept that as the same kind of pseudo lord. All right. Well, let me, you know, since we focused a lot in modern, okay, I know a lot of the spirit community yeah. going, hey, Dwight, um, there's another format that's not really that popular right now in paper, but it's really big in MTGO world, and uh, we need some love. And it's Pioneer. What do you think of the spirits in the current Pioneer meta? Um, 
I mean, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. Uh, Spirits is absurdly good in Pioneer. It's ridiculous. And I, I'm actually, I'm really glad that this is another one I can say I was right on. Because, like, I was telling people, like, hey, again, this is not me being, you know, just, hey, I'm, you know, the Spirits guy, play Spirits because I say so. No, I'm telling people, play Spirits because I think it's really good. Like, the only bad matchup that Spirits has in the entirety of of pioneer are the mono red burn decks that's it really so i'm so serious really like the like... burn decks are like both mono red and red white are pretty annoying for spirits to deal with um they're Why? just like hyper efficient decks that we have a hard time dealing with because our two and three mana things are solved by their one mana removal spells oh. and we don't have aether vial to help rattle chains play around those things it's difficult well that's why we but have outside you know... of that's why we have Watcher of the Spheres. It's the the replacement for the Aether Vial. Right, but costing two and costing one is a huge deal. Mm. And your Aether Vial dies to the same removal spells in this format. So it is a pretty tough matchup. But realistically, you're playing a blue-white deck. And the white part of things, if you want it to, can help that matchup a lot. And that's a lot of why I've, um, you know, adopted like blue white spirits in pioneer and have been doing a lot of winning with that too. So especially now that we have things like portable hole to help provide us with like a real removal spell that we, you know, actually want to play on purpose. So, but almost all of the rest of the decks in pioneer are really good matchups for us. Like Niv Mizzet, most of the removal costs at least two. Well, that sucks against spirits. Mm-hmm. If you're playing like decks like blue black control outside of exactly shark typhoon, we can handle pretty much everything they're doing. And even if you are playing shark typhoon, we still have cards like brazen borrower, Nebelgast Herald, Shacklegeist to help control those big five, five and six, six tokens. Um, there's a Jeskai ascendancy combo deck that, I won't go so far as to say it's laughable for us, but realistically, they're trying to resolve two spells that cost three each. Okay. That's pretty easy for us to handle as a whole. And one of them is blue, so we can even Mystical Dispute the Jeskai Ascendancy. That's um, wonderful. So, like, there's the Hidden Strings combo deck, which, to be fair, is pretty good, just not against us. Um, so, like, Pour Over the Pages is pretty weak to a Mystical Dispute. Everything else in their deck is usually handled by a Spell Queller. And we generally have a pretty decent time as long as we're able to find either a Spell Queller or a Lofty Denial or God help them if we find both. And even then, we can still slide into things like Damping Sphere if we do find ourselves having a hard time with that. There's decks like Mono Black and the Dreadhorde Arcanist deck that can get hairy, but they only play so much removal. We play infinite creatures. So it usually works pretty well for us because like, you know, our Supreme Phantoms are blocking all of the two ones out of both of their decks just super efficiently. All of the removal, like Fatal Push and stuff, a lot of the time that's going to be weak to our things like Rattle Chains. We don't get to play Drog Skull Captain, but honestly one or two Rattle Chains is usually good enough when they're stuck playing lands like Agadine's Awakening and stuff that deal themselves damage. Uh, We're already flying and they can't typically do too much about that. And if you really want to hedge against these decks, you can play cards like Rest in Peace and Grafdigger's Cage to help out against those. So, like, we're okay there. There's the Auras deck, which is actually pretty hard for most of the format, but we're the one deck that gets to play Shacklegeist and Nebelgast Herald. So, like, if you try to play Voltron and suit up one creature and make it, like, a 9-10 or whatever, we don't care. We just tap it. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things that's, like... Oh, this works out really well for us 
and until people started like actively trying to go out of their way to hate spirits right we just like ran people over left and right like the only deck that i would say other than burn that gives us an extremely hard time sometimes is what the jun sacrifice deck because exactly mayhem devil's a pain in the ass right but if you can keep exactly mayhem devil off the table the entire rest of their deck typically doesn't matter right like i was playing one game and i don't remember whether i was streaming or just did a video but i was playing simic spirits no 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 no. that's false i was playing mono blue spirits and i was at one life my opponent had a Corvold, the Fae King, Cursed Fae King, whatever the the dragon's called. Right. Um, the dragon was like a 22-22. My opponent had like nine cards in hand. And because I had a Neville Gast Herald on the table, I won that game. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just... Are you kidding me? The, like, that's stupid. I, I, that, that's, it was actually insane. That's like, ridiculous. It was. Like, just... You, you get away with some stuff as spirits if you just like know what you're doing and in the format you get to play a lot of the same creatures that you're playing in modern so you essentially get to play basically a modern legal deck except you're playing it in a format where the removal is much worse like well, there's no I was gonna ask, and they can pioneer i'm gonna ask you like what like what so what is the difference so, so like me personally i i i like modern i enjoy playing modern unfortunately you know i'm trying to get into mtg eventually you know I, i'm here with paper yeah um so like what is like really the difference between the you know the the modern build compared to the uh pioneer build i know i know for a fact it's what drug school cat and you can't you know aether vials but i mean what else you know like you know um i mean no there's no drug school captain and that's pretty annoying sometimes there's no aether vial but the bant decks in modern are already not even playing aether vial so that's not that different right. the biggest change from modern to pioneer is actually the lands mm. um the, the mana base is hands down the biggest difference between pioneer and modern and because like most of the creature base like i said it's it's almost the same as what you get to play in modern right. with a few very small changes like there's no kira great glass spinner but that's already like a flex spot at best there's no drug skull captain which is annoying but people are playing imperial eagle and that's kind of whatever off of coco's it's almost the same right. um not no obviously not quite but it's almost the same um there's no Aether Vial, but like I said, the band decks are already not playing Aether Vial in Modern, so who cares about that difference? And the lands, though, is a huge, huge, huge deal. Like, specifically, Bant is actually not that bad as far as the three-color oh, mana base. Really? Like, no, you don't get Cavernous Souls, but... Right. Excuse me. But you still get to play all the cards that you would typically want to play in a deck that is very base blue-green and is a small splash of white. Like, you're not playing, you know, too many copies of Skyclave Apparition in your main deck in Pioneer, so you already don't need to lean ultra-heavy into white like you do in Modern, where you straight-up need all four copies. Um, so you get to play cards like Botanical Sanctum, as like a three or sometimes even a four X in Pioneer, and that's okay because your turn ones are always Mausoleum Wanderer or Mana Dork. Okay. You get to play additional copies of Breeding Pool. You don't miss cards like Cavern of Souls anywhere near as much because 
the card Counterspell isn't in Pioneer. Mm -hmm. So you're not playing against Counterspells that are anywhere near as good. Mm -hmm. The only deck that plays Counterspells in the entire format of Pioneer, other than Mystical Dispute, which is annoying, everybody's playing Mystical Dispute, um, is the Blue-Black Control deck, which them counterspelling your cards isn't even your main concern anyway. It's the removal spells. Um, so, like, you don't necessarily miss Cavern too much, but it is it is a thing that still comes up. Like, people are playing uh, Mana Confluence because there's no, um, there's no Cavern of Souls. Like, I've seen some really old lists playing cards like Unclaimed Territory, but I don't really like that right now. Um, there's... A lot of Shocklands because, you know, there's no such thing as, like, Seacrone Coast. Right. So, like, that doesn't exist in Pioneer. There's no Moreland Haunt in Pioneer. No, that sucks. And that's... Ugh, that sucks. I get so mad about that all the time. Um, but there is a port, but, uh, port Town. Uh, that's <laughs> where I was going next. Um, <laughs> uh, God. It's so bad. Um, but you get the, you get the, uh, the Pathways. Yeah, and the pathways are actually pretty good in specifically Bant again, because you get to, um, you know, have your blue-green pathway. So if you want to just play it as blue for all of your spells, great. If you need to play a turn one mana dork, cool, play it as a green half, and that's cool too. Like, that means that you're still free to play things like a turn two Halifout and then do what you got to do from there. Like, all of these paths are okay, haha, <laughs> pathways, all of these paths are okay in Pioneer, so the mana base isn't all that bad, even though you're sometimes stuck playing one or two mana confluences. Blue-white is the deck that struggles with the mana base, and, well, that's really? where I was gonna I was gonna start cursing at Port Town. Because, like, playing a two-deck mana base in Pioneer, for only being two colors, it is goddamn embarrassing to try to play a two-color mana base. It's so I, bad. I can't believe that it's, it's that difficult. It's awful. So... For example, my Pioneer Blue-White list, I'm playing four Hallowed Fountains, four uh, Glacial Fortress, mm -hmm. and four Hengegate Pathways. Those are my 12, 12 dual lands that I have access to. I'm assuming you're I running am... 21, so there's nine more to go. Yeah, so I'm playing one Mana Confluence, one Basic Plains that I usually hate seeing. Like, I, for the most part, I don't even want the Basic Plains. I just have it there because sometimes you'll catch somebody playing like settle the record for something or like a field of ruin or something. Right. Um, so it's like, okay, I've got the one basic planes and I usually hate drawing it. And then the other seven are just a giant stack of islands. Really? There's not enough good dual lands, um, to, to make it worth playing. And like everybody who has watched me stream will straight up. know there is absolutely nothing under this fucking sun. That's going to make me put a port on in a sleeve again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not happening like the number of times port town has made me mulligan a hand that with any other dual land even like a hallowed fountain if hallowed fountain made me take four damage i would probably play eight before i played any port towns um i'm telling you so like i hate to say because i know how much you disdain port town and then you have people sending you your port towns and you have your little uh, I guess your bonfire chimenea where you burn the port towns. There's a part of me that like secretly oh. wants to get like a place it in foil and non-foil and just hold them off to the side so you can keep on burning them. So when, you know, there are no more port towns, I go, no, there's eight left in the world and Andre's not going to burn these. I've got a stack in front of me right now, actually. Um, <laughs> you can. There you go. I hear them in the background. That in. 
that entire stack is port towns. There's like Ugh. 15 or 16 over here. And I know you, um, know, I know you don't, you hate those cards. So let me ask you so real bad. quick. I can't wait. Why? Like this, this stupefies me. And I, I just, Skyclave Apparition. Uh, it's a generic in two white, two, two, uh, spirit cleric. It is such a great deck in modern. Why is it a flopping pioneer? Um, two reasons. So first, the threats in Pioneer that you generally would want to handle with removal for our deck are usually better handled by us just killing the opponent instead. Um, and that's going to be like, you know, when you're playing against things like, say, mono black aggro, you're playing against things like, um, God, what even would you want to play? Oh, duh, there's like a human's deck, a black-white human's deck that's running around. Um, what else would you even want it to get? Oh, duh, Auras is another big one. So those are a few decks that you would typically think you would want Skyclave Apparition in. And when you do play them, they're not bad against any of those matchups. But realistically, so many creature decks exist in Pioneer that there is near-infinite removal. And a lot of the decks are ultra-loaded or ground because they have to just compete with the good combo decks in Pioneer, like the um, like the Jeskai Ascendancy deck, like the taking, or not taking turns, like the um, uh, Lotus Field combo deck. That a lot of the times your Skyclave Apparitions are going to be like three mana to solve a one or sometimes two mana problem. And that's exactly the opposite of what a temple deck wants to be doing. Like we already want to be the ones who are presenting the one mana and two mana problems and making our opponents spend three mana to do those. Right. So why are we subjecting ourselves to being on the other end of that equation in Pioneer? The answer is we're not. Um, where in Modern, a lot of the cards are... I mean, there's also a lot of things that are loaded to ground, right? Like there's Dragon Rage Channelers, there's Raghavan, stuff like that. But a lot of the stuff that specifically Skyclave Apparition would help with are generally against the things that are still able to cost like two and three mana. So like, you know, you'll catch your like Teferis, you'll catch Renin Sixes, all of these things that our opponents are playing. You'll still see people playing like four mana Omnath. So, and there's Aether Vial to make it a lot more reasonable. So you get to see a lot of people playing Skyclave Apparition in Modern, and there's a lot of very real targets, but in Pioneer, either it's just a 2-2 Ground Pounder for two against all these combo decks, and who wants that? Right. Or it's three-mana removal spell for a one-mana problem, and who wants that? Or you're rightfully killing something like, say, an Eidolon and a Great Revel, but... These are all decks that are playing a bunch of one-mana removal, like Shock, Wild Slash, Wizards Lightning, stuff like that. So you're basically signing your three-mana three creature up to still die to a one-mana removal spell, and as the tempo deck, that's us actively down-tempoing ourselves. So Skyclave Apparition is just not as good in Modern um, for those two reasons. A, it just doesn't really have much of a job in Pioneer, and the removal is much more present in pioneer than it is in modern so we end up just kind of like losing skyclave apparition on both fronts there mm. well let me ask you as a a person who doesn't really play pioneer I, i'm i'm considering getting into it as well you know i i believe you should get into every format and you know test the waters uh i know there's a lot of flavors to spirits and that i love that's one thing i enjoy you know 
uh, what I'm hearing from you and what I've mm-hmm. seen is that there's Bant, there's Azorius, there's Mono Blue, there's Simic. I mean, what like are those the only flavors out there? And which flavor would you recommend for? Uh, uh, I'm I'm not gonna I hate to say a novice of Pioneer coming into Pioneer. What would you recommend? Which flavor? Sure. So for most people who are getting into Pioneer with almost no format knowledge, um, or at least not enough to say like you can confidently brew, I would say jump on Bant. Bant is hands down the most powerful build of spirits available, and Collected Company is very good in Pioneer. Just because I don't like it does not mean it's not powerful. Y'all should y'all should play Collected Company. The card's good. Um, but you're right in that there's a, basically a million different flavors of Spirits and Pioneer, and I've tried. God, I feel like I've tried everything over the last like two or three months now. I think you've 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 dipped in. I think you did what even a Jess guy, if I'm I'm mistaken. Just like everything, like I played like a blue red hybrid dragon spirits build that played like Silengar Scorn, a collect um a curious obsession spirits base, but like also rattle chains to help protect it. Like I played that for a little bit. I played a blue white build that had spell queller. I also played a blue-white build that did not have Spell Queller, but did have Luris. Um, I 4-1'd with both builds. Um, played Simic Spirits with Nightpack Ambusher in the sideboard. So shout out to somebody on Discord because I did not come up with that. So I saw somebody playing um, uh, Simic Spirits and they trophied with it. So I was like, oh, I played that deck last year. It was awesome. Let me try it again. And somebody mentioned Nightpack Ambusher, but they mentioned playing two of them. I was like, no, that card's way better than even you guys are giving it credit for. Screw that. So I put in like one or two additional green sources and I played three instead of two. Okay. And Nightpack Ambusher was hands down the best thing to come out of the sideboard. And like, I immediately went like, what was it? Like, I think 4-1 in the first league I played with it. And then like I trophied and then I full rolled a prelim event with it. And I was like, oh, okay. So this deck is just like, actually super good again nice i like it um there's mono blue spirits which of course is just it's almost the exact same as the historic deck just like a couple of upgrades but like the the deck's good there too like you get to play ascendant spirit and one of the cards i was really high on for um for the the curious obsession builds was um the one from forgotten realms it's called you see a guard approach and it only costs one blue and you get to choose between either tapping an opponent's creature or giving one of your creatures hexproof and i was like oh this card is like the blossoming defenses that you already want to play out of simic except all versions of spirits can play this so why am i not trying this out so i did try it out and it performed the card was great like, the tap mode came up quite a bit when, like, tapping opponent Shark Typhoon tokens, tapping Aura's creatures and stuff, and the Hexproof came up a bunch. Like, you know, people would just actively try to get rid of our creatures when we put Curious Obsessions on them and stuff, and you just get to play this one-mana blue instant, which is basically Dive Down, except it has two different modes. And let's be real, a reason that Spirits wins a lot of the time, outside of the fact that flying is just busted, is just, um, you know, the deck can afford it 
to have a little bit of flexibility here and there. And mm. that's why you see so many builds of spirits. Like you see Coco spirits, you see blue white that's focused around Watcher the Spheres. Um, you see all of these curious obsession things that I've been trying out. And the more flexibility you can give your decks, really the better, because that's what allows you to adjust to a metagame. So when you get to have the flexibility between hurting their plan or protecting your own in the same card for one mana, you know, that, that was exactly the kind of thing I was like, why would I not jump on this? Right. So, yeah, so, like, the card's been really good, and it's contributed to a lot of these different flavors of spirits um, just all feeling really good. Minus the blue-red one. That was medium. But, <laughs> whatever. All the rest of them felt really good. All right, well, let me ask you real quick. Uh, I know you're, you're heavy into MTGO. Do you, you play Arena at all? Um, yeah. So I do play um, a decent amount of Historic. I play almost no Standard. I... Actually, this is pretty funny. So the reason I am playing a lot of Arena is because if you just draft a lot, then you you can get a pretty reasonable collection if you're just like... I'm not going to say half-decent at draft because you do have to, I think, be pretty good at draft to like average three to four wins out of the seven in your premier draft events um but if you can manage that you can effectively have like an entire arena collection basically for free um so that's what i've been doing i've been putting um a little bit of money slash gems into doing the 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 mastery things that's on there where you like get extra rewards for just playing the game right but outside of that i'm not spending money on arena like that's that's all they get out of me like i do a bunch of drafts and i don't know i typically get to play a decent amount like i don't know like an hour every few days or sometimes like i'll forget that magic online has the weekly maintenances or whatever and then that just turns into like an hour-long historic arena stream and it's not bad like I like the platform a lot less than regular Magic Online. Never mind the format differences. I actually just like regular Magic Online more. Right. Um, it just feels more like the complex Magic I, I want to be playing. Like, Arena is a good platform, but it feels more like a mobile game, and I don't want a mobile game on my PC. I want a complex game on my PC. I hear you. No, because the only reason why I'm bringing this up is that uh, uh, yeah. you, you brought it to my attention about the uh, Platinum Mythic Rank Player uh scenario right. that you know watsy doesn't tell us i still shut them out I, you know it's like whoever this individual is you still deserve a shout out uh yeah if you know uh i i gotta do it now it's kind of funny in historic it's usually just nothing more than a mono blue snow belt now there was a sh- person i shouted right. out i believe on sunday okay they're a platinum platinum mythic rank player and i wish i knew who this person was but they came in first place with a Bant build in Historic. Ooh. And I cool. have I have the deck list here in front of me. They ran two World, uh, sorry, Glass Pool Mimics, two Realm uh, Realm uh-huh. Walkers, which surprised me, three uh, Shacklegeists, three Guardian of Faith, four Skyclave Apparitions, mm-hmm. four Spectral Sailors, four Imperium Eagles. Four, uh, four Supreme Phantoms and four Rattle Chains. Now, instance, they're running three Lofty okay. Denial and four Coco. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, I didn't even know Coco was in Historic. I mean, it must be something. Oh, yeah. 
it must be something new that they just recently added with all these 700 plus cards that they decided hey you know what we're just gonna throw that lot in there. <laughs> but yeah i mean no I... actually coco's been in the format for a pretty decent amount of time like um spirits in historic has not been the best proponent for coco right. but there's two decks that play coco that have been running around for a while there's uh coco bant angels and there's also um, a Jun Sacrifice deck that sometimes plays Collective Company. Okay. Okay, well, thank you for letting me know that, because I'm sitting here like, it, it shocked me. I'm like, I'm going through my list, and I'm like, okay, and who am I going to shout out this week? And Nixon, I'm like, huh? Bant? Historic? Okay. Whoever this person is, they definitely need a shout out. Let me let me ask you real quick. Yeah. You know, uh, you know how I'm a little different than you, you know, and that's... That, this is one, you know, that's what I love about uh, different content makers out there. What do you think of the, sh uh, the shout out section that I do, like being the cheerleader for for this spirit squad? I actively love it. So um, obviously we do it in like a very different fashion where like you make it an entire segment of your show to specifically shout people out. But even when like I'll see a deck list or something from somebody or, you know, um, if I see like an idea from somebody, for example, when like, I don't, I wish I knew the name of the person who posted it, but like about the NIPAC ambushes just earlier, like A, I think it's just great to give credit where credit is due, but also like people just like being recognized, especially when you're playing something that's usually kind of off meta like Spirits is mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, we see you out here and doing a great job that should be celebrated. And that's awesome. Cause like, there's a reason that magic online gives you a literal trophy when you five Oh, because it feels good to see that, you know, that bit of accomplishment, it feels good to be recognized for it. So that's, you know, that's why you get loaded with like a literal trophy when you get your five Oh, and it's awesome because like, who doesn't want a trophy when you do something great. So the fact that people are like yourself are like giving these very active shout outs is kind of awesome. Well, the way I look at it is, you know, you and I are both spirit content makers. And I think, you know, I, I don't know if there's, I know in the very beginning, like uh, I'd say about two years ago when two years ago, yeah, maybe about two, three years ago when Supreme Phantom first came out, there was a gentleman named Rift. He's actually in charge of the, uh, discord group oh yeah in spirits he was one of the first people to come out and make content and then uh, tuesday tastic uh based out of utah he started making spirit content and i you know i shattered my back i shattered my l1 l2 l3 i couldn't walk you know i couldn't walk now i can walk i can you know i can sell some merengue with my wife but you know the the we were limited in spirit content makers now it's like it's now the way i look at it, it's you and i and personally i've been calling for the magic community i've been calling for the spirit community i want more you know more doesn't mean competition more means diversity of thought more of inclusion where we can see other people perform and learn from uh their strengths and their weaknesses and each person has their own little thing yeah. I, I like i personally i enjoy watching you especially on like i say i think tuesdays and thursdays or maybe wednesdays and thursdays uh when you play and it's just like okay what little spin what little twist did he do today awesome i saw you play the uh, uh the elementals deck that deck plays like butter but mm. one thing i enjoyed watching you play that is because i was like okay where are the strengths where are the weaknesses how can i attack this deck if as a spear player i'm i'm looking like 
looking through your eyes because you play spirits just like I do. But at the same time, it's like, okay, if I'm in this situation, how do I go and attack Andre? Or how do I attack someone else who is piloting that deck? And it's like, I love that. It's something that Nikachu MTG does. But it's like, I wish more of the community would go and make more spirit content. This is a great tribe. And I feel bad for people like, I I, I guess, zombies. They don't have anybody. Uh, Vampires, they don't have anybody. But but because we do, you know, you and I are here, I, I, I want more. You know, I, I can't get enough. It's like Marvel movies. I can't get enough of Marvel movies. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, there's... Uh, I'm very, very hyped for more Marvel movies, too. Um, but I can't wait for Shang-Chi coming out. I guess I'm, the content end of things. I'm sorry? It's, it's really good that, like I said, uh, specifically about the content creation end of things, though, it's been really good that not only, obviously, are there people like myself now who are you know, picking up the deck, wanting to play it more, getting results with it, and then, like, broadcasting those results, which is awesome. Um, But also, like you said, other people are picking up as well. So, like, there's, like, the Legacy crew that um, does a lot of good things. There's Nikachu, whose page is basically blown up in the last, like, year and a half, two years, yeah. Like, Like, I was medium aware of him before, and now he's just, like, just blown up to where a lot of his videos are doing is like super huge to the point where like I was actually pretty happy that you know he gave me a shot and interviewed me on his on his channel at one point for like a whole Monday show or a whole morning show and you know I was like oh well that's awesome because like you didn't have to give me a shot sweet um and there's just like a lot of people who are definitely um you know starting to put themselves out there like on Twitch on YouTube stuff like that and there's yourself who like you have a whole podcast now so like that's awesome you know um there's there's just so much content now and i do hope to just see a lot more of that coming up in the future too because like you know there's the whole innistrad set which by the way i need to either yell at somebody or throw a brick or give a handshake and i don't know which it is to somebody over at wizards of the coast but the pre-constructed deck that is coming out of innistrad the commander is literally called spirit is it a commander deck it's a yeah, commander spirit squadron, squadron. Mm-hmm. and i'm just like whichever one of y'all watched my channel and did not give me props for saying spirit squad i'm gonna throw a brick at you y'all. Know, dude they didn't tell you right now <laughs> i i heard i heard it from uh uh what's the name from <laughs> Gavin Varhi you're the you're the face of the image on the box oh is that what's happening That's here what nice okay so I will happily actually it's really funny I <laughs> wanted to um have one of my friends who is very good at things like graphic design um I actually wanted to have him kind of like come up with a rattle chains but like with my face on it so that I could like have that as like a cool little logo slash emote for twitch or whatever mm-hmm. like I still want to have him do that, so I'll have you, to like hit him up about how much and he charges and stuff I'm like happy, that, so I can do that. I'm actually happy you you brought that up because not too many like when I was doing my uh, oh you know what Watsi uh, ended up letting the oh what did I say was the uh, werewolf out of the bag and yada yada and everybody brought out yeah. you know all these cards <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was like hey nobody talked about these two these commander decks like. There are two for over here. One's a zombie. One's a witch. The other one is vampires. The other one is spirits. We have the names, and nobody's talking about these names. Nobody's talking about these particular tribes. I was like, did somebody? 
did somebody bump their head and say, oh, I'm not going to talk about these. For me in the spirit community, when I saw Spirit Squadron, I was like, I'm in. Yay. I, I'm giddy. I'm a jovial boy. You know, I shoot, I wanted to ask you permission. Do I have your permission to say Spirit Squad? Because I think it's a brilliant uh, thing to say. I, I, I like. I didn't want to steal it from you. I want to borrow it from you. No, by all means. But yeah, so like, but I saw that name and I was just like, which one of you mother? You know? and, and they better be good. But all I know. These maybe that'll also good. help the name stick. Yeah. Oh my god, if the deck isn't like, this better be good. Absurd, it has to be, be really good. Mad. I'll be irate. You have no clue. I will flip tables. I, I might just just fly to C Seattle, go knock on the door. I'm like, uh, can I see Mark Rosewater, please? And then get there and flip his table. Like, what the right. hell are you doing? What what are you doing, guys? Like, come on. Where like? <laughs> so let me ask you real uh, quick. You but, you you and yeah. I have discussed spirit. You know spirits. You know from modern to uh, pioneer to historic. It's. Let me ask you. If Rosewater or Gavin Varhi came up to you today and said, "Hey, Andre, you're a spirit master. You've been kicking ass, taking names, and uh, we want to make we want you to design a particular spirit because MTG Ectoplasm, Dwight over there, here's uh, one, and uh, we want to see what you come up with. What would be your number one card that you want them to build in spirits?" Is it a reasonable card or unreasonable? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll let you decide. How about that? Because you know, you know what I'm okay. going to say. In that case, I said. You know what I'm going to say, and let me just tell you, I told it to Nikachu. Nikachu 100% agreed with me. He's like, yeah, that, that, that's a viable card. All right. So I guess I'll be reasonable. Because if I'm unreasonable, then I'm just going to print a really busted one drop. Okay. But, um, <laughs> you know, so what, you, you know what I'm going to say. reasonable in the... In the vein of things that actually could be printed. Um, so a thing that I want that actually could be printed would just be a blue and a white for a 2-1 flying Thalia that's a spirit. I want its Ooh. only creature type to be a spirit because it just should not be compatible with humans or anything else off of Cavern of Souls. So just spirit and legendary so that these effects can't stack if you play like three of them. You might actually get that. And it just that's, made, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that one, this is actually like reasonable. I, I hear me out, Andre. What I'm going to tell you, I think it's instead of a blue and white, I think it's going to be a double white, and it's going to be in Crimson Val, where you're going to see not a two one, but a two two, first strike Thalia spirit, because I don't think she. I don't made want first it. strike. I just want it to fly. I well, it's going to fly. It's going to have flying and first strike because she didn't make it out of Aldrazi Moon. Oh, is that like a whole story thing where Thalia died? I, well, I'm just saying, I don't think she made it. I think she's, okay. I think she's gone. Right. I think, I actually think that's one of the cards that we should expect in this upcoming deck, like uh, upcoming set. That's that's. I'm just throwing it out there, maybe, but I think it's a little too on the nose, Andre. I I don't know. Um, I would very clearly be very happy about that. For the sake of death and taxes archetypes, I don't know that they would make it a double white because, like, it's too easy to put regular Thalia and this Thalia into, like, a regular death and taxes deck. Mm. Like, those would stack together a little too well. 
But if they made it, I would not complain. And, okay, let's be real. If they made it, I would more than not complain. I would be super happy and snap by four of them. Um, <laughs> and extended, not care the legendary. The I'd just extend, be like, here's four just in case. I, I can see you buying the extended art foils with the extra finish and yada, yada, yada. Um, I don't do foils, but like the extended art, definitely. Oh, I do. Like the deck that I have right here in front of me, it, it's literally yeah. a foiled extended art. It's ridiculous. I have I have the expeditions. I have the masterpiece, eighth of vials that are foiled. Yeah, like nice. The, like when I play Magic, they're gonna like, dude, that's a tier tier two deck, and I'm like, yeah, but this tier two deck's shiny, pretty, and it's gonna kick your butt. <laughs> right. No, um, to be fair, like, I actually did have the deck foiled out, like, a couple of years ago, and then I was just like, I already don't really want to be playing Paper Magic, so, like, why do mm, I have all of this? Right. So I was just like, eh, I don't really need to keep all of this. I'll just downgrade to non-foil, save myself, like, probably, like, a thousand bucks. And then right after I did that is when COVID hit. Mm. So I was like, oh, well, now I feel super justified. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm already not really wanting to play too much Paper Magic on my own. Right. But then I can't play Paper Magic. So what What was I doing with this deck? And then on like my own end of things, like also just the quality of foils they've been making yeah. has been really hit or miss. Yeah. So, and admittedly, I know that I shuffle my own cards pretty hard. So, like, if they're going to be making subpar foils, I don't want to, like, destroy them to the point of all being, like, letter Cs and stuff. So, I'm just, like, I'm never going to get my value back out of these other than playing them, which, to be fair, is enough value for a lot of people. But, whatever, that's not me. Okay. Um, so, I do have all the cards that can be cool and extended art in cool and extended art. Like, I'm going to be getting the Secret Lair Spell Quellers. I did buy the Secret Lairs for the full text basics. Because <laughs> I wanted those. Um, because, let's be real, Spirits is already kind of an infuriating deck to play against for most people. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you play something like just, hey, here's, like, a turn one Mausoleum Wanderer off of this full text basic. Next turn, play a full text Planes into a Thalia. Like, most spell-based decks are going to see that kind of opener in rage well <laughs> yeah i would be irate if i saw those like are you kidding me i gotta read all that shenanigans get out of here but I, I i cannot wait to just oh somebody's gonna be so mad and i don't know who's gonna be angry first but i'm gonna just relish in it so hard well let me say let me begin by saying this uh you you brought up dahlia as a spirit i think it's going to happen this i i for some reason i i I just got that feeling. I got to ask you about, we, I got to put it out the air so people hear it from or see it from this point on. Peekaboo. It's the it's a spirit that I've discussed with you and I want everybody else in the world to know about it as well. It's one blue, one one flying creature that has peak, meaning that you can look at opponent's hand and draw a card. Andre, your thoughts? I want that card to happen but i think it is completely unreasonable it's just, <laughs> I think it's a flying card. that card cannot be printed but but ragavan came out with three abilities ragavan has three abilities all i'm just saying is a flying creature let me just look at your hand rags is busted i'm aware and i just want to draw a card fully... what's there more to do i'm just looking at your hand and drawing a card and the card just happens to fly 
and it's playing a game of peekaboo. Peek, a boo. No sense. I I get it. It's a the it's flavor, an adorable name. Is the flavor delicious? We uh, do not see eye to eye about how good that card is. I think that card is like unreasonably busted. Don't I mean I would snap slam four of those into my deck today. Like I would I would skip a couple of hours of sleep to hit my LGSs until I had four of those today. Okay. Then do you, I mean I would I told you about the other one I thought of, right? Ghost Attendant. I don't remember. Okay, Ghost Attendant's a uh one white, a one one flyer. And basically, you know Ghost Quarter, it's that on that spirit. I can get behind that. That's also very good, but that's not like in the unreasonably busted. It's just very good. You, you like pr- that you, card, and also it's it's one of those spirits adjacent cards that would definitely be better in a deck like Death and Taxes than it would in a deck like Spirits. But we'd appreciate it. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think of uh, you know back in the day cards like uh, the Field of the Dead. That that's a moral pair to the get of. Uh, oh, another one, Battle. Uh, Battle, battle, uh, battle zone? No, uh, blast zone. Oh, I would love to do use that. Oh god, yeah, blast zone sucks. Oh, especially <laughs> with uh, hammer time. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll give me that the uh, ink moth nexus. No, oh. no, I'll, I'll destroy that ink moth yeah, nexus. No, like, all ink moth nexus gotta go. Like Urza saga gotta go. Um, see, I mean, Murfolk already has that, but <laughs> but but now you see that the this this the the, the spirit that I thought of the. Uh, Oh god, what did I call it? The ghost attendant. Quarters attendant. Yeah. Makes sense, right? I'm just saying. Watsy, if you're listening yeah, or like, watching. Yeah, listen. that one. I, I mean I think that one could be printed. Like, I think, yeah, like they would have to probably print that one with like some creature type that doesn't match anything else to avoid cavern or soul shenanigans. Mm. But like that card could be printed. And I think like spirit's probably fine. But we, we because like spirit has next to no relevance for death and taxes where that card would be best in, but we would certainly appreciate it against like just drawn. Well, you'd rather have peekaboo, so no said. I mean, <laughs> I would definitely rather have peekaboo. Like I would play four peekaboos before I played the first ghost attendant, even against Tron. Okay. Well, Andre, I, I... but I would also play ghost attendant. There you go. Well, Andre, let me just tell you, I I am humbled and appreciative. Like with all the listeners that I've had uh, come into the spirit community and listen to my show, to all those watching you, uh, you know, let me just say I am humbled. I thank you for coming on my show. I appreciate it. I hope this isn't just a one of I want you here more often. Uh, I, you know, I, I enjoy your enthusiasm, your your flair for the enjoyment of the spirit. And uh let me ask you, is you know, before we wrap this up, uh, I want to make sure you you have the floor. You're you're the guest. You know, what would you like to share with the spirit community uh, for all to hear? All right. So, I mean, first and foremost, like I'm, you know, glad to be here. Glad to see more people like yourself, obviously creating content out there. So that's always really sweet to see. Um, and thanks to other folks like Nikachu as well, who are, you know, out there promoting tribal content and doing well, that, that bodes good things for us too, because, you know, especially with the deck doing well, a whole Innistrad set coming, I see good things coming for proponents yeah. of the tribe as a whole. 
So that's very exciting to see for the future of people who either like spirits, want to create spirits content, or are simply looking for a deck to get into that has a pretty fervent little community pushing for it like we do. Um, so as far as, I guess, things to say or push, like, yeah, like this deck can definitely do a lot of winning. You, yes, you have to put the work into it, but that was always the case. Like we're playing a bunch of 2-2s in a field of Primeval Titans and Omnaps and stuff. So... If you want to be rewarded for playing a deck, then Spirits will definitely give you that rewarding feel because you're going to be beating up on people left and right in a format like Modern with a bunch of 2-1 flyers. Like, it just feels great. Like, nobody likes losing to a bunch of Welkin turns, but we do it week in and week out because the deck's awesome. So that's just going to be a thing that I really want everybody to do. Now, can you t just tell everybody where they can, you know, reach out to you? I know that you're changing your uh, YouTube, yeah. you know, please, you know, proselytize, please let them, let the spirit community know where. Okay. Sure. I can sell myself. So <laughs> as for places y'all can find me, I am on Twitch as twitch.tv slash rearranged AS. And I am restructuring my schedule for streaming as I just got a new job. So everything's all nice and awesome and stuff. So thank you. Thank you. Um, looking forward to, you know, being a productive member of society once again, but also um, I am on YouTube. You can look me up by either just like my real name, Andre Segara or rearranged AS. And there's going to be still a lot of spirits content on there, whether I am able to actively stream as often or not, I'll still have time to record. So at the very least, I will be all over YouTube still. Great. And that's where I'll still be doing things like deck analyses, deck list overviews, gameplay videos, um, just all kinds of stuff on there. So if you want to see someone who is a proponent of the deck just week in and week out talking about cards that are coming out, things like analysis, things like, hey, here's a new decklist idea that I want to try out, and I don't know whether it's going to work yet, but here's my idea. Things like complete breakdowns, um, a relatively active comment section. All of the above can be found right on my YouTube at all times. Awesome. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is my 50th episode. I'm glad you could Woo. join me on Twitch. I don't know if we're streaming on YouTube. I don't know. I want to, first things first, I want to thank my friends at Rec Productions, James and Kelly. Uh, these are people who uh, do production for a living. They have hip hop stars, rock stars, movie stars coming in here. And they decided, hey, we're going to take a chance on this humble guy who plays Magic the Gathering. And we're going to do something nice for him. And I want to thank them. If you want to find out more about them, go to Rec Productions. Dot com that's w r e c k the letter d productions.com please check them out it's a moral moral imperative especially if you're in the jersey shore area and you want to be a rock star a superstar a movie star or some hell you can just be me come and check them out all right so with that being said thank you ladies and gentlemen for watching the show i 100 appreciate it and remember Next time you're playing somebody, make sure they say, that's Boo Sheet. See you guys next time.